desperado Why don't you come to your senses the hen. You've been out riding fences. <laughs> the Don Hen. For so long now. Oh, I know you dig oh, this. Well, Eagles. I like the Eagles. This is a Don Henley classic, though. Don Henley solo can suck These things that are pleasing oh. you. This is a good hurt <laughs> This is very good. Right. Don't you draw the queen good. So, Mystery of Thousand Moons just inspired a Don Henley hit for you? Just, I, I got some or feelings about just... Anakin, and I think what Anakin's doing with his life. <laughs> and I think it's time that he accepts his true role in life. And it be time for him to... Right here. It seems some fine things have been laid upon your table, but you only want the things you can't get. Huh? Huh? You know what? I think you're right yeah. on the money on this one. <laughs> yeah! There is not any song you've picked so far that sums it up better than Desperado. That line right there. That line right there <laughs> is a perfect encapsulation of this He's episode. He's riding fences! <laughs> yeah! Just pick a side, my man! Ugh. Anyways. What's going on here? Are you recording from your new podcast studio? No, I haven't set it up yet. Ugh. I'm going to. I'm going to move these tables in this room. Oh, we're going to have a lovely studio. I'm going to decorate me, it. You sent me the before pics. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be pretty good. I wonder how this mic will work as a two-way mic, or are we going to need two mics? I don't know. I, I we'll make it work. Are you uh, ordering the eggshell soundproofing material? I'm just going to coat the uh-huh. lens with it, too. Yeah, I think I'll probably put something up. I don't know. We'll see. I'm de- I have some Star Wars plaques that I'm going to put in there. Oh! Uh, set the vibe. Maybe I'll get some lightsabers. Uh, I think you're also holding on to every Star Wars action figure I owned. I actually was thinking about that. In eighth grade. You can take advantage gonna go into of the collection, too. <laughs> yeah, they've been, sitting in the, uh, they've been sitting in the laundry room for how long now? Five years? Yeah, they're, Is that when you uh, moved to Chicago? they're what we call appreciating in value down in your basement. Yes, and, <laughs> they're, moving, um, they're moving from three fifty to nine dollars per figure. Yes. The wastes of time are turning. Obi Wan's lovely, lovely general um, suit, or whatever you want to call it. What are you going to call it? What do we call Obi Wan's suit? His. He looks like a he looks like a stormtrooper, but he doesn't wear the helmet. I know Anyways, it's the best. It just God, like, he looks me, badass. It hit me in the middle of watching it for the first time. I was like, "Holy shit, Obi Wan looks like a badass." He's got the he like weird, like elbow guard things. But I'm pretty sure if you have an Obi Wan figurine in there, if we pull that thing out, that bad boy's gonna be yellow at this point. <laughs> I think you're right. Just the sands of time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Work sucks. Uh, oh, I've, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I got like 100 pages left in the Plagueis book. Oh, I'm excited this, to hear about it. An absolute, you will love this book. An absolute must read. I mean, it's just not, it's not just Plagueis and Sidious. It encompasses like Sidious's development with Maul and with Dooku. Um, oh, like I all, can't wait. all the politics that go into like 
even like it goes in deep on like Chancellor Valorum and like how he's a weak leader and like how Palpatine's been manipulating him and like the plan of Plagueis and Palpatine and how they're enacting it. And just dude, there so, is a okay, ton okay. in this so, book. So with that, was he ever like recognized as force sensitive? Like how did he end up just bypassing Jedi and going right to Sith? He never did they get into that? He never used, they did get into it a little bit. He never used his abilities. Like he had it like naturally buried insanely deep in him. Like he is so one with the dark side deep down in his core nature that he was probably just completely clouded from them. So did he ever, do they go into anything like tying it to the real world where have you ever heard of like, I think it's called like the devil's triangle, like every serial killer, like if you go back in their past, like exhibits three behaviors. And I think it's like bedwetting, cruelty to animals, and like head injuries. Like mm-hmm. those three things are like crazy common in all of these serial killers. Yeah. So does he um, have anything like that? They talk about I'd have to go back. Um, he didn't like torture first, a space cat on Naboo <laughs> when he's first introduced into the book. Um, it does talk about his like sordid past as a youth. And he comes from a relatively like well-off family, like a noble house of Naboo. And so anytime he got in trouble, his dad basically pulled strings to get him pulled out of it. And like any other kid, it does go on to state that like, if that was a kid that wasn't from like a big time house on Naboo, like would have been, you know, fell into the system of the judiciary long ago. Um, So, like, yeah, they do go into it. I'm not sure if they say specifically killed animals. I do know, like, he just, he's he's kind of got an uh, arrogant nature about the rest of humanity and kind of looks down (laughs) on, especially the Gungans, like, definitely looks down on the Gungans. (laughs) 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 Well, He had a a line, like, when Plagueis first introduced himself to him, and it ended a chapter. It was something like, uh, no, it didn't end a chapter, but it was in the middle of their first conversation together. And like this line really like drew Plagueis into like this kid's interesting. Right. Um, it was something along those lines like um, I respect the Gungans rights to exist, but we should be the dominant race oh, on this planet. Oh Boy, so he's a Republican. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but he's a bit of a um, when he gets first gets introduced to him, he's very like a globalist. Like he, his father and him aren't are at uh, odds ends with each other because his father Naboo is more of a Naboo is kind of like an isolated planet at this point in the history, and there's starting to be a lot of like progressives that want to push Naboo into the greater galaxy and like open up the doors of Naboo to the rest of the galaxy, and Palpatine's kind of on that page. Um, and his dad is a very like traditionalist isolationist. He just, you know, he wants to keep it shut down. He doesn't want to expand, blah, blah, blah. So in a sense, Palpatine is a bit of like a global capitalist of sorts. Um, but a bit of a, you know, but a sinister one. And like one of his early conversations with Plague is like, Plague is like, well, if you could have whatever you want, what would you want? And he's like, absolute power. And it's oh, like, boy. But I also would like, love Plague it is, if- is so. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I would also love it if <laughs> there's none of the three that I mentioned, but there was like an entire chapter on bedwetting. Like that would <laughs> that would be awesome. 
<laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, there's still 100 pages left. He's probably like 45, <laughs> 50 years old at this point in the novel. But yeah, you never know. Maybe he starts pissing the bed all of a sudden. But um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, Plagueis is like insanely strong. Like it, it can't be understated like how strong and attuned with the dark side Plagueis is. Like, um, And it, they go on and they talk about like the history of the Sith since the rule of since the rule of two. And it wasn't until Darth Tenebris's um, uh, master, who Tenebris was Plagueis's master. Plagueis yeah, was his Padawan. Yeah, he's guy. Yeah. Uh, it says, yeah. Um, so Tenebris, uh, Plagueis was his apprentice. Um, but Tenebris's master was the first Sith in like a thousand years to like crack through and cloud the Jedi's vision of the Force. And like crack through the dark side, like they had been completely shrouded in darkness, like they had been under the radar completely. And the Jedi just had assumed that they were completely gone and wiped out, like the entire order was dead. The entire history of them was dead. Nobody was practicing like the dark arts um, anymore until Tenebris's master broke through that and like shattered this ceiling of sorts in the force. Um, but they're still super shrouded in mystery, but like. They talk a whole lot about how like they're how the how the the Jedi are just naive and like having this, you know, this just undying belief in this republic that's entirely corrupt um, and like their commitment to this corrupt system and blah, blah, blah. Because, I mean, the, the Jedi are like steadfast in their belief in democracy and, you know, the will of the people. Whereas the Sith are very much like, no, we are going to bring order to this and there needs to be exceptional leaders that command everyone what to do. And that's Plagueis's and he, you know, recruits Palpatine. That's their plan. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, that's awesome. But it's fucking sweet, dude. Like there's so much like shit in like, just name the character, man. Like job. The last chapter was Jabba. <laughs> Jabba. <laughs> It's Jabba well, hanging out with with Hugo Damask, who is do you, who is uh, Plagueis. Do you have uh, plans like after this, like other books you're going to tackle? Are you going to them all? Like- I'm bringing all the fucking books. <laughs> Are you going to go back to like Darth Bane and those guys too? I'm going down Darth Bane. I think I'm going to do Bane next. Like this is going to take up like the next month of my reading for sure. Oh, this is going to be great. Like, I don't know if it gets any better than this book. Though. I think I started with like the best Star Wars book of all time. Like it's fucking oh, sweet, dude. Like boy. if you're into Star Wars at all, it is fucking sweet. Dude. I love this book. And just the seeds that Palpatine is planting right now that you know are going to come into fruition. And just like, God, dude, the guy is such a fucking master. Just so, ahead of the game at all steps. Like, is there any is kind a fucking of genius? Does Plagueis have any kind of like foreshadowing? Because I've read theories about like, Plagueis knew that Palpatine was going to kill him, and this was all part of his like grand plan to like reincarnate Not himself yet. and that type of thing. Okay. Not yet. Like, um, he did just successfully. He captured a um Tenebris had like a secondary apprentice that he didn't know about. And Is that Venomous? Apprentice- yes. And so Plagueis kicks his ass, and then he takes him basically as like a specimen to test on him, right? And keeps him alive. Um, but he was able to like just recently in a recent chapter, he was able to like kill him and then use the midichlorians to resurrect him. And then he killed him again and he kept doing it. So like he has actually like started to get down the process of resurrection 
through midichlorians and like the process of eternal life. Oh, and that's where boy. he's really been focused. So it even like remarks that like a lot of his scars and like he's he's probably like 200 old years old at this point. I, the moons, I guess they last for a while. Um, but he's he started to like heal old scars have disappeared and stuff as he's like got stronger. And like the guy's like 200 years old and he's actually his midichlorian count is like skyrocketing right now. Like he's getting stronger through his experimentation with the force. So you're going to have to keep me posted. as a, like his whole thing has always been. And, you know, his whole thing has always been like, I want to get rid of um, he's not totally on board with the rule of two. Like he doesn't feel like there needs to be a supplantation. He feels like they can be the end game is how I should put it. He feels like I have found the perfect apprentice, someone who compliments me perfectly, who can play the political world, the real world, as per se, and I will live in the force world, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we'll just pull the strings together. And so that's where they're at. So it's really cool. Like he's but he's like steadfast in that. Like he believes that's the way it's supposed to be like him and Palpatine ruling together. Um, so but I like Palpatine is starting to question, like, how strong is he? Blah, blah, blah. Am I stronger? You know, this and that. And Palpatine, I mean, Palpatine's already training Maul with Plagueis' knowledge. They're using him. They're using Maul as like sort of like their hench, like their assassin. Like Plagueis is a public, I mean, uh, Palpatine's a public fig- figure. And so is Hugo de Mask. Plagueis, they're both public figures. Like he, Hugo de Mask is like one of the richest men in the galaxy. And he's, and he's one of like, he's got deep connections with the banking clan, blah, blah, blah. And then you got Palpatine, who is a senator at this point, right? So they can't be like going around killing people, you know, like they <laughs> so like um, so there was a chapter. Sorry, do you want me to shut up and we get on with the episode or you want me to keep talking about this? Well, you can you can finish up. OK, well, okay, well I want you to point. leave some some more for next time, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> the last point. So there's a few chapters back. Um, one of the cool things about Palpatine and I, if I was a Sith, I'd be like Palpatine. He was really interested in like the history of the Sith. And he always wants to visit these old Sith worlds. He wants to read these old texts and shit. Like he's a he's a historian. He wants to be like a historian of the Sith. So he's out on Dothramir, right? Which is an old Sith planet, still inhabited, but the Sith used to have a very strong presence there. So there's a big presence of the dark side. Isn't that where Maul is from? And that correct, species? Mother Talzin. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yep. um, Mother Talzin. One of the women from that encampment um, came up to Palpatine just randomly in like a, a market area and just says i have i have a gift for you You have to take this gift and he's like what like no like go beg somewhere else blah 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 this and that and like he but then she's like no like really i can see you i can like feel you like his forest presence she could feel it she's like please take this i have two and i need to make sure one is safe at least and he hands he hands him a one-year-old child and who is that child yeah oh is that ball yep and so oh. then, yeah, so they've been, tra- so he's been training him and like in Coruscant in like this old abandoned uh, building. And it's just, yeah, fucking sweet, man. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's so good. Sorry. <laughs> I think no. I just talked about this book for like 10 minutes straight. We got to, and you've held my attention the entire time. Like we need to come Ooh. back to this. Like I am very curious to know. About I'm borrowing it to you. So. Finish whatever your book you're on right now, because I'm going to finish this probably tonight or tomorrow, and I'll give it to you. Like, I'll come by this weekend and borrow it to you. You got to read it. Okay. Hey, I, I will. I will. But yeah, anything else you want to discuss before we get into this episode? 
No, I, let's get into it. <laughs> we just gave a brief history of the brief history of Sith, <laughs> Sith lords within sixty years of the Battle of Yavin. We will uh, be right back with the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here we go. We are back with Mystery of the Thousand Moons. I hope you really uh, stuck with us through that first sixteen minutes of me ranting. Sorry, I'm just really into that book. Hey, really any Star it. Wars fan, I'll appreciate it. Maybe we can do book review episodes. That'd be sweet. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, man. You got to read it, and listeners, you got to read it if you haven't read it. Darth Plagueis, it's a great book. Um, so this week, Mystery of the Thousand Moons. What do we got for an air date? Air date is February 13th, 2009. Yes. So this was a one hour special. I was confused by that when I looked it up, which means our is invalid because we did February 13th, 2009 last episode. Yes, we did. So I have I was wondering about new. that. I have nothing new to present here. Okay. Um, if you want to guess, though, what do you think no, the number I'm one good. song in America is? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is? What was it last week? I can't even remember. Oh my god, because we belong! That's great. Yeah, um, that's a great song. Kelly Clarkson, My Life Would Suck Without You. But without further ado, we have no more time warp to get to. Um, yeah, so last week's new- episode, we had so much. I did not think we'd spend that much time talking about like such a mediocre episode but that that was like an hour and a half we talked about we're getting notice we've been getting longer and longer (laughs) i mean we we literally have just been getting longer and longer on this and i i don't know i guess we have more things to say about it as we get deeper into the podcast but yeah you're right we did go for about an hour and a half last episode we gotta stop saying last week because it's Monday, Thursday. I <laughs> I and don't, I, don't, I don't, what's half week? Like, what do we, I don't know. What last Last time? I, yeah. I don't know. I even have a hard time writing the episode descriptions like Adam and Tom for this week's episode. Adam and Tom, like, <laughs> no, I can't say that for this week's second we're episode. Such, I, feel, I feel like we're such boomers talking about weeks in TV shows. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have been taking a long time. Sorry. I, if the listeners are bothered by that, I don't so think so. Next week, like when it. you plug in your zenith and you uh, <laughs> tune in to Ooh. the Star Wars program, if I was a billionaire, like I would probably give most of my money away, but I would definitely get like a zenith 32 inch CRT TV. Dude, dude, we've been looking I at houses. I love that logo as a kid. We've what? been looking at houses, and there are a couple on the east side of St. Paul that are like they were hermetically sealed sometime around like <laughs> 1978. And like the wood paneling in the basements are crazy. And there's one that like the basement's completely wood paneled and there is a TV inset into the wall. Like it was like the wall was built around the TV. It looked so cool. And it's like the old tube. Is it a Zenith? It's the old tube TVs. I don't know the brand of the TV, but it's probably, I don't know. Zenith G 18, 18 inches. <laughs> Ooh, it's a little guy. 
Well, all of those old tube TVs were that way. How many kids did you as a kid have a uh, like a nine inch VCR combo TV in your room? Uh, eventually, but yeah. that was I, uh, the nine inch or the 13 inch. And then it had like the audio video hookup in the front. And that was, was a mono. little. Uh, yep. That was a little highbrow for us growing up. So when I was a teenager, I got one of those guys. Well, there you go. There you go. I demanded it. I needed video games in my room. I couldn't live without it. <laughs> I needed video games and a VCR. To, oh, God. I had my Ren and Stimpy VHS. That was orange. Okay. <laughs> what are we? We're, dude, we're, we're, this is why we're going an hour and a half. I know. I know. I know. Um, yeah. So, Mystery of a Thousand Moons. Um, quite an episode this week. We're actually, you kind of, last week, I assumed we were done with the blue shadow virus. It, it just kind of, it I seemed know. to wrap it up with a nice little bow. I knew um, there was one coming, and I didn't want to spoil it for you. Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're back at it. They're continuing this storyline. Um, so we open our episode with Obi-Wan and Anakin, and they're loading our mad doctor, Vindy, into a transport to bring him back to the Naboo capital of Thebe to lock him up. Um, and, you know, he's just talking his, you know, his stuff. Um, <laughs> Padme is back in that greenery where they had the final bomb where they got it from the little roly-poly droid at the end of the last episode. And she's in there with some clones. And the clones start... Um, the, one of the clones assesses that bomb and finds out the chamber is missing. So the bomb is there, but the actual virus vial has been removed from it. And sure enough, that little roly-poly droid, who I made the dark horse hero of last week, <laughs> is about to kill like 750 billion people. Um, so that was a mistake. I didn't see that one coming. Um, but yeah, the roly poly droid is still running around and has the vial. So they, they announce it quick on the con. They're like, Oh, holy shit. We're missing a vial. The roly poly droid find him. And the roly poly droid runs to the initial bomb room where there's like all those bombs, um, runs in and like throws it in a bomb and then just detonates it. And there's just massive explosion. Um, and you start seeing this like blue cloud, which is the virus particles filling this underground base. Um, Ahsoka is with Rex and some other random clones, and they start running for the safe room, which is apparently like, I don't know, a, it, yeah, like a hermetically sealed thing where nothing can get in, right? Yeah, it um, seems like all of the rooms in the lab like are hermetically sealed. Once yeah, the doors it's are shut. like, why is this the safe room? I feel like they all would be safe rooms if you just shut the doors. <laughs> um, they barely make it in time, but it's clear like when they close the door as they jump through, like a little bit of particles get in there. So you kind of get where this is going. Um, Anakin felt Anakin and Obi-Wan felt this large explosion when they're above ground with Vindy. Anakin comes into Ahsoka, asks what's going on, immediately starts inquiring about Padme. Like, God, <laughs> yep. dude, he... He's getting really tiring with this shit. Um, <laughs> I wonder. I, I wonder if, like, thinking about your Palpatine in Plagueis book, like, I wonder if Palpatine was using the dark side to just completely blind everyone from the fact that Anakin and Padme were doing it. Yeah, like it's like, the only explanation. Oh, the other explanation is last episode they mentioned robo lobotomies. Like, maybe everybody <laughs> got. A lobotomy here and just is having an extremely hard time I, I it's it's plain as day like there could be nothing more obvious um, well, and there's the a few more references coming up in this episode where you're just like obi-wan are you just willfully ignoring this 
The other thing, like, I, I forgot that this was an hour special. So a couple of my notes were, like, thinking this aired, like, a week or two after the last one. And so I was just so puzzled. I was like, why did they even bother ending the last episode? Like, that's, it's, yeah. like it just is a direct continuation. Like, why did they wrap it up the way they did? Yeah. And honestly, like, okay, so it was apparently a one-hour special. I don't know if it was a Valentine's weekend special or something. <laughs> I, that's, what they're good, but that's what it is. We just figured it out. It was Valentine's Day weekend, so they're really pushing this whole Anakin Padme bullshit, right? Was that, that must it? Must be. Must be. We are so good. If you're a listener to this podcast, God bless you. You are just getting enlightened at all terms. Are you not? This is this in-depth analyzation of a cartoon from 12 years ago. Fucking sweet. Anyways, um, so yeah, Anakin starts like immediately like, where's Padme? Where's Padme? It's like, dude, chill, man. Um, and then Padme comes in Anakin. He like doesn't even say goodbye to Ahsoka or anything or acknowledge anything further. <laughs> He's just immediately like, He's immediately like, oh, you're okay. Thank God. And she's like, yeah, I'm wearing a protective suit. And then we see her and Jar Jar wearing these fucking protective suits. <laughs> the ones that they went in there, they're wearing the protective suits when they're investigating it initially. I guess they must have been carrying them around with them. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but they got the protective suits on. So Padme and Jar Jar are actually being protected from this virus. Um, when this is going on, Jar Jar is running around behind her like an absolute idiot. Like... Well, and we've come to expect this. I mean, yeah. I'd be surprised if he was doing anything sophisticated. Like he point. didn't know how to get his helmet on. She had to do it for him. Just gosh. Um, so Padme tells Anakin like, hey, get him out of here. Blah, blah, blah. Go find the antidote. Blah, blah, blah. She's going to go and try. There are still droids wandering around this underground, this underground <laughs> layer as well, which is, causes a bit of an issue. Um, so Padme says, hey. I'm going to try to stop any droids from opening up anything in here. We're going to keep this sealed. We're going to get them from stopping the virus. You go get rid of Vindy, dump them off, and get find the antidote. Um, so she takes Jar Jar in a clone with her. And I just kind of felt bad for this clone in this one scene because he does not have any protective gear whatsoever. <laughs> yep. um, and I'm just like, you know what? Maybe, maybe give him Jar Jar's suit because he might <laughs> be of actual use. Just the thought. I mean, is that a horrible thing to think at this point? Well, I think you're, you've been reading that Palpatine book for a while, so it's got to have rubbed off on you a little the bit. The Jar Jar chapter is the worst <laughs> chapter in the book. Just kidding. He's not in it. Um, or is he? Uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are then questioning Vindy on the transport. Anakin's starting to freak out, like, where's the antidote? Blah, blah, blah. And Anakin, once again, w we've seen this before with prisoners. Um, he's literally about to just kill this guy. Oh, like, he draws no his lightsaber. Yeah, Almost he's got the lightsabers up to his face. And Vindy is like just insane. So he doesn't care. He's like, yeah, kill me, whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's I like, you that. can't stop it. <laughs> this is like a perfect example of how like our <laughs> like bringing it back to like how stupidly political we're starting to be on this podcast. Like this is a perfect example of like why our uh, torture policies circa... 2003 through 2006 made absolutely no sense. It's like, yeah, when you try to torture an insane guy, he's not going to give up any info. Yeah, and it's like, if they sincerely believe, like, what they're, the insanity that they're they're spouting, like, it's not going to do anything. Like, it, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's just antithetical to what you're trying to accomplish here. You're not going to get any information from somebody that wholeheartedly believes in this. Yeah. Like, 
if they've accepted something as an absolute truth or something, it's just you can't deal with an insane person on that level. It just doesn't work. Um, so anyways, Anakin, yeah, is like literally about to just cut this dude open. And Obi-Wan eventually like convinces him, hey, let's get Vin into the capital and find an actual antidote. And you can tell, like, I can just see the wear on Obi-Wan's expressions at this point. <laughs> I did take note. Like they start to hold on him. Like, hold on his face for a lot longer. Like, there's a scene where I swear they were just, like, holding on Obi-Wan's face for, like, 20 seconds. Yeah, there is. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, we're in season one here. Like, how the fuck is he going to, like, hold his tongue? For how many seasons? Seven seasons? Yep. And then you got the Revenge of the Sith movie where they're still apparently getting along. So I'm just kind of like... What the hell is going on here? Like, Obi-Wan is clearly perturbed by Anakin's behavior. Um, we get back to the safe room, and uh, there's a clone that's pretty upset because they realized some particles that got in. Um, uh, Padme comes into the safe room and says, hey, we're going to meet you there, get you out of there. Um, and we see a couple of our clones starting to cough. So uh, the blue shadow virus is starting to take its toll on our survivors in the bunker. Um Anakin and Obi-Wan arrive at our favorite hangar, which is, fuck, it was in the book. I should have wrote down the name of this. I think it's just the feed hangar. Um, Captain Typho greets them. Uh, he thinks he has an answer in regards to an antidote. So he pulls him over to the the cool little, like, uh, I don't know, what do we call that? Like the table. war room or something? Yeah, like the hollow table war room. And it's apparently a little known extract from a Rixa root. Yeah, but um, this, so this begs the question, when the fuck did this bodyguard become a scientist and is able to, <laughs> like the body, Captain Typho turns into Anthony Fauci pretty goddamn quick in the episode and is yes. able to like absolutely distinguish that there's one route in the entire galaxy that could produce a vaccine. Yes. And I love how he's like, hey, I think I got an answer for it. And then he's like, but it's like impossible to get to, by the way. And I don't think you should do it. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like what they told us with the masks right away. It was like, no, don't wear masks. It's not going to do anything. Like, just socially distance. And then like a month later, like, no, wear a fucking mask. Do it. We fucked up. Like, you know, I like, forgot. I completely forgot that this episode existed until we like rewatching it. And <laughs> it's like very apropos that we're watching it now <laughs> when all this yeah, shit is going on. Sign of the times. Um, so, yeah, it's found on this um, place called Igo, which is the world of a thousand moons. And it's this reeks of root. The problem is it's deep in separatist space. Now, the thing I found interesting here was like last episode, they said they had eradicated this virus, right? Like years and years ago um, with an antidote, I'm assuming, right? Um, so what? They just can't like go to Coruscant and be like, hey, you got any of that uh, fucking blue shadow virus, you know, vaccine on lock or well, anything? It's not like, they, it's maybe, like they, maybe we still have polio were. shots. Like maybe they were primitive and didn't appreciate freedom enough back then. And when they told, when they were told to just stay in their houses and not talk to anyone, maybe they just did that for a year. Mm, maybe they didn't even there. need a virus, and then the the or an antidote, and the virus just died off on its own. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. It was implied that there was an antidote, though. And oh, okay. all of a sudden, Captain Typho is just like. Like the, the, if there wasn't an antidote before and all of a sudden Captain Typho is like spouting some new age, oh, put this root on it, you know, like <laughs> Captain he's Typho. no better than 
He's Captain, a healer. He's a Lerman healer. Captain <laughs> Typho happens to be a chiropractor in his spare yeah. time as well. <laughs> just throw some, just, you're going to want to get a lot of vitamin C, all right? <laughs> Actually, zinc and vitamin C will cure the blue shadow virus, but they won't Coyotal. tell you that. God, I wish you would have been like, yeah, we need coital silver, you know? <laughs> oh, I just got, I just got an, up, uh, an update, uh, so it turns out Captain Typho is going to be on Rogan's podcast next week. So we got yeah. that to look forward to. <laughs> Shilling his new uh, cure. <laughs> his vitamins are highly... I don't know uh, why we're ripping the guy that cures the galaxy of this disease. But. <laughs> He's a fucking genius. He's underemployed. The man is literally saving the saving the entire galaxy right now. Um so as soon as he says that, he's like, it's deep in separate space. Anakin just goes, let's go. And he like, <laughs> he fucking starts charging back to the hangar. And Typho's like, you must, you must move cautiously. And Anakin just turns around like a total dick and cuts him off. And he's like, he's like, no, we don't have time to move cautiously. Blah, blah, blah. And Obi-Wan like puts an arm on Anakin's shoulder. <laughs> and Anakin kind of like calms down, down slice. Yeah, Anakin slow, like calms down slightly. Um, and then he, and then he kind of like stops calming down and he just bats away Obi-Wan's arm, like a total, like, just like slaps it away. And I, I just wrote down here. I hate this dude. I hate him. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, you know, emotions are running high. People you care about are in danger, but like, he's insane. And I honestly, really hope in this I- episode. I really hope that we get a little bit of backstory into like Obi-Wan and why he's so patient and why he can take all of this shit. Yeah. Cause he's the man's a saint to deal with Anakin for as long as he has. Yes. Been. And this episode, like you may be thinking, well, he just really cares about people. And you know, that usually pays off because he saves them in this episode. It is without a doubt. Everyone would have died if Anakin had his way at the end of the episode. Oh Yeah. Obi-Wan saves the day in this episode. Spoiler alert. Um, so we get back to the bunker at this point. Um, droids are wandering around, kind of trying to get out of there. Um, Padme and Jar Jar get to the safe room, open the door. Um, so they all start going after the remaining droids. Um, they find some of them trying to cut through one of the hatches. Um, a firefight ensues, and the droids, as expected, are just completely wasted. We did um, get a little bit of droid cringe, which... Like we haven't had any in a couple episodes, so it wasn't too bad. But I, don't, I didn't write it down. I, uh, what was the droid? Was when he fell? And he was like, ah, and he fell. Yeah. Well, it was just yeah. like uh, walking through the hallways and normal like banter between them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Standard droid cringe. Um, very good stuff. Like, how are we gonna get out of here? It's not our problem, man. Yeah. Or something like that. I don't. It's like whatever, dude. Um, <laughs> Obi Wan and Anakin. <laughs> When when all of the stuff started to break bad with the droids, though, and the one is like trying to escape through the hatch and is like almost getting out, <laughs> he thinks that he's like, oh, "I'll show you," and then he tries to blast his way out, and the laser beam just bounces back and forth yeah, in the cylinder that yeah. he's in. Like that oh. made me giggle. That was, yeah. that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I think that was in the next hatch engagement, though. Um... But yeah, the oh, droids no, that was are the just... first one. That was the that first was, one. I think that was second hatching gauge. Oh, we'll rewind. <laughs> I don't know if we need to go back for that. <laughs> if you want to, though, we can go back. 
I'm sure the listeners will be waiting on the edge of their seats if it was the first hatch engagement or the second hatch engagement. <laughs> um, Obi-Wan and Anakin then take the Twilight, one of our favorite ships, um, to Aiego. Um, and surrounding the planet, it's like a graveyard of ships. And there's a lot of debris here. Oh, um, I love a good ship graveyard. It's good stuff. Yeah. And there was a lovely floating corpse, too. Um, <laughs> yes. So, you know, I was just kind of thinking, like, what the hell's up with this planet? And they land in this, like, really large city. We didn't get the city name, uh, but they they land in this really large city. And they come out of the twilight after landing, and they're greeted by hundreds of droids that just, battle droids that come out. And right away, you notice that they have, like, paint on their face, and they're greeting them. They're saying, like, hello, welcome to Yaigo, or whatever. And, and Anakin the paint just... on their face is not war paint. It's like goofy images. Like someone yes. has painted smiles on their faces. Yeah. And so Anakin, though, doesn't even like, he immediately jumps to action. Obi-Wan's like, Obi-Wan's like, hey, wait. And Anakin immediately just jumps to action and kills 18 of them because um, they counted. <laughs> and then another, no, it kills 17. And then Obi-Wan's like, you just killed 17 droids who weren't even resisting. Uh, and then like another one falls in half and Anakin's like 18. 18. He's like, Oh cool, dude. Like they're actually like friendly and you're just killing these droids. It was at um, this moment. I wrote down in my notes. I wrote, Tom is going to fucking hate this episode. <laughs> yeah. It really hit me here when we get introduced to a new character. <laughs> um, <laughs> the droids, once Anakin stops slaughtering them needlessly, they say Jabel hood is requesting an audience with you. And so you kind of think they're going to lead them somewhere. But no, all of a sudden, Jabba Hood shows up. And now Jabba Hood, you probably would think, well, maybe he's like the local gangster or something like a cartel runner. No, it's a 10 year old boy. I just wrote down he's basically Kevin McAllister. Like he's been left home alone and he started fucking with these droids. Um, how awesome. How quickly would this episode turn into a 10 for you if Harry and Marv just showed up yeah, <laughs> and were foiled and by a couple of battle droids? Yes, and hijinks just completely ensued. That would have been great. Like, that would have upgraded this episode for sure. Um, so basically, Jabba Hood is this young kid. Um, this planet was abandoned after the Separatists left the area, um, and they're unable to escape the planet because there's some sort of space monster, is what they're saying. Um, but Jabba Hood has gone, he's apparently a tech whiz, and you can kind of tell Anakin kind of takes to him right away because he probably reminds him of himself when he was a child yeah um, it's very it's it's a very blatant kind of like mirror image of anakin on tatooine yeah and so he's so apparently his jabba hood has just reprogrammed all these old battle droids that they left behind and made him like his servants basically um so they're peaceful and they just bring him food and stuff Which i will like credit where it's due i thought it's an interesting story arc i thought it was pretty cool yeah, like that was reprogramming fine, battle droids and like i even thought like him jumping into a hammock in one of the vulture droids was pretty like i wrote down i was like i don't know whether to hate or love this kid yeah and it's like what would have anakin done in this situation he would have just killed them all he would have came <laughs> up with this um Anakin, and so, like, right after they're told, right after he says, yeah, I reprogrammed, blah, 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 Anakin, like, just kind of glances at a droid, and this pissed me off. He goes, looks like you used a macro protocol to reprogram them simultaneously. Like, how did you assess that by looking at one? <laughs> you didn't observe it or anything. He was just, like, I hated it. I hated that. I don't know why that bothered me so much, but there's just no way he could have made that assumption based on 
the inspection that he just gave this <laughs> stupid it's like why aren't you mass why aren't you simultaneously mass reprogramming these droids then you Mr. know when Jedi? we first started this clone cast adventure like my whole purpose was to like sell you on ahsoka because i love ahsoka so much but i'm wondering if there's ever going to be a point in the series where you kind of change your tune on anakin like that's going to be the next crossing over point that yeah. i'm going to be looking for because it yes. seems like you're already on board with ahsoka so far. yeah literally in my notes three lines from now it says ahsoka beast so <laughs> 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 yeah I'm all in on Ahsoka, and I am all out on Anakin. Um, <laughs> so uh, they asked uh, Obi Wan asks uh, Jabo about the about the uh, route that they're looking for, and and the kid's like, oh, I don't know. And Anakin immediately gets pissed at the kid when the kid doesn't give a hard answer right away. Like Anakin is really on edge in this episode, and it's very hard for me to deal with. Like he is just furious because Padme's in trouble. Trust me, and it's all Padme. He does not give a shit about Ahsoka. I'm sorry, he doesn't. Oh, no, not like, at all. She is very secondary. Like, he feigns it, but... There's been a couple of times, too, where he's, like, describing what's going on, and he was like, we have to save Padme! And then, like, as a very He does say, and my Padawan. Like, and, and my Padawan's down there, too. Yeah. Um, but it's also... We've, we've had situations where Ahsoka is, like, in dire straits, and he's not nearly as concerned as he is during this episode here, you know? In yeah. these two episodes. He's clearly like way more struggling with internal strife here when it's Padme and not Ahsoka. Um, he cares about Ahsoka. He just doesn't care that much. Um, so um, kids like, hey, you're cursed anyways. It doesn't matter. No one gets off this planet alive. Um, there's apparently a big monster named Drawl, D-R-O-L. Um, we learn more about Drawl later and we'll get back to Drawl. Uh, but we get back to the base now. Um, and there's some droidicas attacking, and this is where Ahsoka turns into just absolute beast mode. Mind you, she's, like, suffering a little bit from... She has the Blue Shadow virus, but she's still fucking, like, being an absolute trooper and just wasting droids left and right. <laughs> so she... They're in, like, this... They're in, like, this... Uh, they're in this hallway, and she charges at these two droidicas and just, like, jumps off walls from side to side, gets on top of one of the droidicas, and just puts a lightsaber in its skull. Just absolute beast. Like, it was so cool. It was probably one of the cooler, like, droid kills we've seen thus far in the episode. Yeah. In, in I think my two, like, my absolute two favorite characters of the Clone Wars, and they just happen to be, like, pinned together in this, are Ahsoka and Rex. And they, both of them, are just, like, beasts in this whole Rex, episode. Yes. Light side preview. Rex has the line of the episode towards the end. Just brilliant <laughs> stuff from Rex. I love yes, Rex. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> So while this battle's going on with the droidicas, and as Ahsoka's like stabbing this one in the head, Jar Jar just all of a sudden decides to fire his gun. Um, he's just like, Misa, help, or something like that. And so he fires the gun, and Padme, for some reason, jumps on top of him to stop him. I'm not sure why, why jump on top of him to stop him, because she doesn't want him to hit Ahsoka? I'm not really sure what yeah, I, they're going for here. I don't like, get it. They're just assuming that why even give him a gun if you're not, you know, if, if you think he's going to just if he's that bad of a shot that he's going to. Well, why does he even have a gun? You know, I, I don't understand that. But so Padme as Jar Jar's like, I'm going to fire and like Jar Jar shoots a shot and the Padme's like, no, and jumps on top of him and tackles him. Um, and at this point, the droidicos have been defeated. No help from Jar Jar or Padme. Um, but Padme's suit 
has been compromised. So when she jumped on Jar Jar, she actually lost one of her tubes on her suit. And so all this outside air is getting into her suit. So uh, she officially is going to be stuck with the blue shadow virus now. And it's just, yeah, like, but why did you even jump on him? But the other thing, too, that like just bugged me is like, OK, you knocked her tube off and you noticed it. Almost yeah, I would have instantly quick and been like, well, I'll take my chances. Maybe I didn't like, catch it. Yeah, maybe you want to just put, like pop that thing back in its socket. And then, and if, yeah, and then if you start to, <laughs> sure, that's a win. yeah, yeah, I thought that too. I was like, well, you just pop it back in. Maybe it didn't get in there yet. She takes and her helmet off almost immediately. <laughs> She's like, this stuff happens in war. It's like, you're not even trying to survive. <laughs> like, I would have been like throwing that tube back in, and I'd be like, no, nah, I don't care how uncomfortable this suit is. I'm leaving it on until I'm like vomiting blood, and I know I have it, you know? Um, yeah, really, really befuddling why she jumped on Jar Jar and why she didn't even attempt to fix the suit and just kind of see if maybe she lucked out. Yeah, she just like accepted really the virus. Like, yeah, she, she didn't is... it, man. She like loved the virus. She's like, yes, maybe this is the one way she could see getting away from Anakin. She's like, there's She's no scared. way he's going to upset. <laughs> there's no way he's going to take me breaking up with him. I might as well just go out yeah, <laughs> early on this one. That's what explain a lot. She's living in perpetual fear. <laughs> um so I did remark here also, uh, Jar Jar is officially the only one that will be alive in a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of wanted to see it. <laughs> it is like, that would be such poetic justice. Like, it's just, it would be perfect. It's like, kinda, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. and But then that also put me on edge because I was like, great. They're all going to get so sick that they can't do anything. And it's going to be up on up to Jar Jar to like fumble around and save the day again. Like that's where I thought it was going. <laughs> but anyways, um, we get back to Iago. Um, Anakin and Obi-Wan, um, they were found the route. They're scaling this like giant uh, wall to get down into this uh, ravine to get the route. Um, Iago uh, or Kevin McAllister, he did go with them to guide them there. Um, he tells them to be careful to not touch the vines. Like these roots are attached to the vines. These large vines. Uh, he says the plants do not like it and they have big, sharp teeth. And then he also says, watch out for the flying Zandu. And then they're like, what's a flying Zandu? <laughs> and as soon as they say that, this like giant ass bat pops out. But when and- he said the flying Zandu, I immediately like images of an early 1900s trapeze artist like popped into my head, like a mustachios, gen- a mustachio yes. gentleman in like a onesie. Like, I'm pretty like, sure if to you be like, Italian. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you Google flying Zandu, there was 110% some like traveling carny that that did like a, a juggling show. Oh or yeah, something was he like in? A, was he? Were, was the flying Zandu? Was that guy in uh, Ringling Brothers or is were was he in Barnum? He's a Barnum and Bailey, and Bailey guy. He's a Barnum <laughs> and Bailey. Um, but yeah, so this the flying Zandu is apparently this like giant four eyed bat or six eyed bat. I didn't catch the eyes. I just showed it briefly, but. Anakin immediately like jumps onto the giant bat and Obi-Wan jumps on it too. And they grab it and they kind of like weigh it down. And this bat flies them down to the bottom of this ravine. Um, and once they get to the bottom, they're greeted by giant plants with teeth, just like he, you know, just like Kevin McAllister told them. And it's like any episode of Batman, the animated series with poison Ivy. It's like yes. exactly the same model. Yes. Um, or if you want to go a little bit more detailed of it, if they put some red on it, it may look like a Mario Piranha plant. Yep. Um, or like something from Little Shop of Horrors. Um, any of those 
but yes, the the poison ivy plants are probably the closest um, that we come to being able to describe that. Yeah, it's like an overgrown Venus flytrap. Yeah, pretty much, and it's very. It's very aggressive right away. They and, didn't even touch the damn thing and like it got aggressive right yeah. away. And then Anakin um, pulls out a shovel that he bought at an army surplus store here on Earth. <laughs> yeah, he gets a root really quick um, and they start to escape quickly. Like they scaled that plat- they scaled that wall so quickly going back up there. Um, it took them forever to get down and they decide to go with the bat. But as soon as they're scaling up, they're just like master rock climbers. <laughs> like beyond. Um the the plant does attack them as they're climbing, but um, they they cut its head off. Yeah, they they're pretty quick with the lightsabers at that they're point. Quick but with also, lightsabers. so they I don't know how far away this place is, but they said they were pretty blatant that it was like deep into separatist territory. And like, don't you think like how easily they were like able to s- slice through those plants that maybe they should have taken more than just one route? Yeah, I was thinking that. Why wouldn't you take like? All the roots. Like, you're going to need more than that. Like, even if you're going to, like, mass synthesize this thing, you're probably going to need more than a single root to really, you know. (laughs) I just, it just, I still just love that, like, Typho is apparently this holistic healer, you know. (laughs) Well, I would love it if they got back to, (laughs) if they got back to Naboo (laughs) after all of this and Typho's like, Whoa, you only got one root? <laughs> like, it takes at least 30 to synthesize a vaccine. <laughs> and the entire Star Wars franchise dies at that point. <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> um, so uh, after they get the root, they go back to the city in Iago. Uh, Kevin McAllister gives them a lovely rundown of the planet. Um, just kind of giving them a heads up of what happened. You know, the separatist was here. They left. Ever since they left, we've never been able to leave. It's haunted, blah, blah, blah. And we get this really awesome Corin street preacher. Um, and he starts <laughs> yes! speaking. He's like, he's like this. this guy. Yeah, he's like this delusional Corin street preacher speaking of how Droll the protector is also the destroyer. He protects the planet and he destroys you if you try to leave. You won't escape the planet alive. And the Jedi are like, ah, whatever, fuck you. And he also take says off Droll and, very eerily. Yeah. He'll, he'll never get past Droll. <laughs> This man is like deeply red pilled because you can even tell like at the end of at the end of the episode when everything, you know, spoiler it, everything turns out fine on the planet of Iago, like everybody's cheering on this planet except for him. Like he's just like, fuck, you know? Like, <laughs> everything I believed in is yeah, just crumbled I around. Need this. Like, ah, oh, God. Also, that guy, his name is uh Ahmet Noloff, uh, voiced by this guy does a lot of voices in the Clone Wars. Do you know Phil Lamar is? Hell yeah, Mad TV. Yeah, yeah, famous on Mad TV. But he's like, he has a very extensive voiceover. Phil Lamar, Phil Lamar, somebody he's in commercials a lot. You'll also see him um, if you're a Step Brothers fan. He's one of the he's with uh, his wife, and they go to visit the house. That's uh, right. Derek brings him in there, and and then uh, (laughs) it's it's what is it? Oh yeah, Uh, John C. Riley. His character is just rocking Dale. He's rocking. He's like, he just died last night and he's holding like a pale looking Will Ferrell. Remember Phil that Lamar, he's like, he yeah. is, he is a perfect example. Again, we've talked about these dudes, like actual voice over actors who are good that like have voiceover talent. Like he is up towards the top of those guys. Yeah. Phil Lamar is a really talented dude. And it's just like, 
You know what? If that guy was on SNL instead of Mad TV, just imagine the career he would have had. Like, he's had oh, a good yeah. career. But a lot of these guys that were on SNL, like Will Sasso and Orlando Jones, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, there was a lot Michael of people McDonald. on that. Yeah. There's a lot of people on there that I think I would argue that Mad TV was at least comparable to Saturday Night Live at the time, if not oh, better at times. There were a couple of like years where it was better than SNL. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Easily. Like that kind of like transition from Sandler before Will Ferrell really took hold. Like, yeah, there was a few years where SNL was pretty down. And Mad TV, I would say, was just better. Like, yeah. I enjoyed it more as a kid. Like, I loved Mad TV. Aerie Spears was a good one. Yep. Um, yeah, so Mad TV is good. If you want, go back and watch it. It's a good show. It's a good show. Um, it's been our wrecks for this week. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, they just say, uh, you know, the Quarren's like, yeah, hey, you'll you'll die. You'll never get off your loan. Jet Air's like, whatever, we'll take our chances. And they just bail. They're literally gone out there in a second. Um and then as they're flying out of the planet atmosphere, you see this like Death Star looking thing. It really looks like the Death Star, like projectile beam, whatever you want to call it. Um, like the what? what is that portion of the Death Star? How would you describe that? Where it shoots the laser from? It was the like the, from. the indentation. The yeah, laser the indentation dish. On it. Yeah, it's like the laser dish. It looks exactly like it, only it's like built directly into an actual like moon. Um, so it's and this, this is massive... long. This is long before they built Star Killer Base in F- Force Awakens. Long before they built a laser into a planet. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was kind of like the Star Killer Base in a sense. Um, not as deadly, but it shoots out this like electricity net, and it's really impossible for the ship to navigate it. So Anakin and Obi Wan have to turn around and land. Um, once they land, I was just like, I was hoping that he wouldn't get any updates on how things were going back on Naboo. But unfortunately, once they land, Ahsoka and Padme hollow in. Um, they, they report like all the droids have been destroyed. Naboo is safe. I repeat, Naboo is safe. And then Padme jumps in. So Ahsoka said that Padme jumps in. She goes, make sure no one ever opens this bunker. Goodbye, Anakin. I and then she coughs and the hollow cuts out. And I'm just like, good God. <laughs> uh, and then Anakin is immediately just a bat out of hell. Um He starts ranting and like, we're going to go back. We're going back right now. Blah, blah, blah. And Obi-Wan's like, hey. Slow down. Obi-Wan is still insanely calm. Like, Obi-Wan is level-headed as fuck. Like, he is the complete opposite of Anakin. Like, nothing rattles Obi-Wan. Whereas Anakin is just completely off his rocker here, enraged, demanding to just take off again, and he can navigate it, blah, 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 this and that. And Obi-Wan's like, no, you can't. Calm down. Like, let's assess this situation. Anakin starts snapping back at Obi-Wan. Like, we don't have time. It's like, dude. And Obi-Wan's like, just calm. It's a very uh, perfect dichotomy between like short-term thinking and long-term thinking. The two of those guys. And and so Obi-Wan's just like, hey, just hear me out. And then finally Anakin, like, I guess acquiesces to him. And we get to the Iago round table. Um, so I we it. missed we missed a part, and I meant to bring it up too. Like so, before they took off, uh, our friend Kevin McAllister shows them like a hollow of a friend of his that like tried to escape the planet. Oh, the Rodian, yeah, yeah, a Rodian guy who's like in a in a jump seat in it, obviously in a ship, and Droll ends up killing him, and the ship explodes, and then it goes back to Kevin McAllister, and he, he just very quietly goes, "His name was Taquito." 
He was a friend of mine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just the fact that his name was Taquito, Taquito. made me laugh like, so I hard. wanted to mention this, but if you've ever seen Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie, John C. Riley's character in that movie is this like this mall troll. Like they take over this old abandoned mall and they're going to renovate the mall. That's the plot of the movie. It's ridiculous. Like I would highly recommend it if you like Tim and Eric. Humor, oh, yeah. But, well, yeah. but his name in, in the movie his mall troll ass character is Taquito. <laughs> and I remember, God, all right, all right. Yeah, I was going to write it down, but I, it's just, I don't know how many people would get the reference. But yes, look up Taquito. Very good stuff from Tim and Eric. Um, so yeah, they go to this like round table and they're meeting with a bunch of people here on Iago. Iago is a very diverse planet. Like we have a Corrin, we have the Corrin crazy guy. And I will say this for the Corrin crazy guy, like he's the nicest Corrin I've ever met. Like he's obviously got problems, but he's yeah. not like trying to like immediately go to war or rob people. And that's what I always see Corrin's doing. They're typically those the dudes time. are dicks. Just yeah, all they're the always time. like pirates and shit. And they're just like yeah. hoarding shit and just, you know, like killing people. Not this one, but uh, yeah, so we got a, a quorum there. We got, uh, I don't know, uh, there's a lot. It's a varied species. Like, name the Star Wars species. It probably is at this round table. Um, so the quorum guy goes off at this round table. They're discussing strategy, and he starts trying to convince them that, um, you know, Drool, you can't you can't escape Drool here, blah, blah, blah. And Obi-Wan's like, it's not a ghost. It's it's a separatist net that we have to take out somehow and he obi-wan's trying to convince the corn of this and the corn is very loud he's like the only one yelling about it at the table and everybody just kind of defers to him i guess it also um, it, it kind of goes back to if you want to talk about like allegories to what we're going through now like <laughs> the corn guy's basically saying like no we just need to pray harder and droll yeah. will go away and obi-wan's like no if you look at science it is uh, uh, an electrified net. It seems like it's a laser coming from one area. And the yeah. one guy's like, you're crazy. No, it's the God Droll. Yeah. So Obi-Wan's like, no, it's it's this thing. It's on one of these moons. So we got to figure out how it got there and what we're going to do about it. So Obi-Wan asked him, did anyone inhabit any of the moons before the Separatists arrived? Um, and... The Quarren goes, well, the angels, of course. And Obi-Wan's like, the angels? And all of a sudden, this, like, angelic being wanders into this, like, meeting room that they're in. And I have real issues here. Um, <laughs> first of all, we'll just get what to the angel said. She's like, we were peaceful once, pe peaceful people once before the Separatists drove us from our homes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this moon called Melius Prime was their home. And so they've determined that that's where the base of this laser system is. So they got to go somehow get to Melius Prime and take out this laser system. Now, the reason I have an issue here. Um, so I just I Googled this episode. I looked at it on Wikipedia. I don't want to look ahead in the series really at all. Like I'm doing this the first time through. Everything's yep. fresh to me. But I wanted to see if they ever reference uh, the kid, J-Bo again. Or if they ever reference these angels again. Because they obviously went through like time and effort to develop these angel characters. So um, so did you see that they don't reference them a quote unquote again? Yes. They never bring <laughs> them up again in the series. You get this angel character. And they really like all of a sudden it hits you like, holy shit, this is a brand new race that we've never seen. It's going to be this big thing, blah, blah, blah. They'll probably go back to him a bunch of times. I looked on Wikipedia. They make no more appearances in the series. 
But None. but they have made an appearance before. Like, do you what when Anakin? That? That's yeah. stupid line. Or, oh, that are you an angel? That is not what line. they were referencing. That is yes, not it what is. It was. Yes, it is. Do you know why? Because did why? you look up that line? He goes, "Are you an angel?" And she was like, "What?" And he goes, "An angel. I've heard these like spice traders talking about them. They live on the moons of Iego, I think." And that's exactly where they are. Like okay. they Fair put enough. that Fair in enough. here just to like bring around that stupid ass line from episode one. I hated it. And it's like, if you're going to put this in there, fine. I'll give you that. Like they tied that up nicely. And normally that would be cool. But if you're just going to abandon them and never reference them again, and that's it. Like, what was even the point here? Oh, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. This is Star Wars is owned by Disney. Now I give it like, until we get like angels, the mini series. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) An angel is going to replace Cara Dune on the Mandalorian. Exactly. Yeah. And also, Kevin McAllister never shows up again either, but I'm sure he'll show up in the Mandalorian or something. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's just like, don't give us these characters and these species if you're not going to do anything with them. That is one thing that I was playing, like I wanted to bring up looking, like doing research on the episode, but I didn't want to spoil it for you. It's like every single character I looked up for this particular episode never shows their face again. It's so And I feel like they developed so many of them. Yeah. And these people are so destitute on this planet, too. Like, they're clearly in need of assistance. Like, they have nothing. It's this wasteland of a planet. Like, it's clear, it clearly once was a great civilization at one point, but the Separatists have, in their wake, they've left them in this, like, desolate hellhole, you know? And <laughs> anyways, um, so basically, the plan they come up with is there's some decommissioned vulture droids, the fighter droids that the Separatists have. Um, so R2 is actually going to be flying them, um, and they're going to serve as a decoy to navigate that laser field. And then once they get through the laser field and are able to reach Milius Prime, they'll fire upon the laser and destroy it. Um, we quick get back to our underground base. Um, and just to, give is- you, just to give you an idea of what the underground bunker looks like at this point, uh, it looks like Phoenix... Uh, circa June of this last year. Like that's just how unbelievably sick all of these people look. Yes, um, it's like wildfires are just like taking over the entire area, and everybody's like just dropping dead, like violently sick. Like some of the clones have already died. Um, Ahsoka passes out. She's starting to like really feel the effects of it. Uh, Padme is showing the effects of it, but she's not, she hasn't had it nearly as long as them. So she isn't as sick as they are. Um, we quick get back to the, uh, city of Diego and R2 starts controlling the vulture droids via a port in the twilight. Um, so R2 is basically flying those things remote. Pretty dope. He's got some cool remote control cars. R2 rules. God, good thing they brought R2 with. I know. Good thing they brought R2 with. Very handy, that R2. It's like they bring R2 everywhere, and that's good. And it's it's like, well, if R2 is good, we're going to bring Jar Jar everywhere, too. And that's the logic that I don't follow. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Maybe they're thinking one of these days Jar Jar will come through the way R2 always does. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he did make friends with that giant fish in, in Bombad oh, Jedi. Oh, that is true. Yeah. But, I, I mean, the clones literally showed up 10 seconds later. I think it would have been fine. <laughs> um <laughs> 
So the vulture droids take off with the twilight um, and they start just clearing a path. And by clearing a path, they're just running into these <laughs> running into these lasers, um, this this net. They're running into the net to temporarily disrupt it so the twilight can get through. Luckily, the twilight does get through just as they lose their last vulture droid. Um, it fires on the laser. The laser is very easily destroyed at that point. Um, and then you get back and I, they go, they show everybody uh, on Iago in this abandoned city cheering at all the explosions going on up in the atmosphere. Everybody is cheering like just, yes, we we're not stuck here forever if we don't want to be, except for the Quarren. The Quarren is just not. He's just like his whole worldview has just been crushed. Yep. Everything he believed is now just completely refuted and he has nothing. He has nothing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like someone uh he was a branch davidian watching uh <laughs> mount carmel from the outside of waco yeah he like left to get milk or something and came back it's like oh no oh no <laughs> oh, no <laughs> this is like when the QAnon people run out of like all these like <laughs> you know when they when there's just no more plausible explanation you know like they think March 6th is going to be the day now, whatever, you know, like it's just, it's when you've believed in something wholeheartedly and it's suddenly just taken away from you. That's what he, <laughs> that's the look on this. The man is just devastated. Um, So we're immediately back at Naboo. They hyperspace jump out of there. They, there's like a couple, a little bit of dialogue between the Jedi's and Jabo. Like, Hey, thanks a lot, kid. You're free to leave whenever you want. It's like, yeah, we'll just leave this kid. Does he have a family? Yeah. All of that is TBD. Like, is his adoptive father the insane Quarren? Like, I don't I'm, know. <laughs> I'm sure we'll figure that out in yeah. 2028 when yes, J-Bo, when they... the miniseries, comes out. Yes. God, I can't wait to review that one. Um, so we're, they, 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 hyper, they hyperdrive jump back to uh, Naboo. Anakin, as soon as they arrive, is immediately fawning over Padme. She's not a stretcher. Um, he's ignore. I don't think he acknowledged anybody else quite yet. He's just talking with Padme, and when they she'll then as they wrap up their little conversation, she says, "I'll see you soon, General." And he shakes her hand, and he's like, "Yeah, absolutely, my lady." <laughs> <laughs> and I did remark here, she's got weird fingernails. <laughs> they don't do fingernails good on the animation. Very strange. I'll have to go back and look at that. I, well, I've never I seen anybody's fingernails that. in this series, and it's the first time I've seen a fingernail outside of like Yoda's claws. I haven't seen any fingernails, and I well, don't like them. I do know. I do know I that think like, they caused great existential dread when I saw these fingernails. I do know that like uh, every uh, when it comes to animation, like there are certain things that like animators just like don't know how to do, or are just like. Like you wouldn't think are hard, but like are very hard. Well, yeah. That's I mean, where, think like, about a fingernail. It's just like that's this like, little I, thing. But it, I it's read very something unique, or yeah. I heard it on a podcast, and they were talking about how like hands are actually very hard to animate, and that's why like all of the early cartoon characters are wearing like weird gloves. Like Mickey yeah. Mouse's gloves are like giant and white because that's super easy to animate. Yeah, I think, and it actually, in a cartoon sense, it just looks more natural, I guess. Um, I like it. I like the gloves. Like, Obi-Wan's got gloves. Anakin's got gloves, I think. Does Anakin? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Anakin wears gloves, right? Yeah, I think even Jar Jar has some on during his, uh, isn't that that part of his formal Gungan dress wear? (laughs) 
I love the Gungan formal. <laughs> That's what we should wear for Halloween some years, just Gungan formals. <laughs> it's just a vest and like this hideous tie. <laughs> a ring with a ribbon around it. <laughs> it's like he went to Party City to dress himself. <laughs> he sucks. Speaking of Jar Jar, um, he can't get his helmet off and Obi-Wan helps him. Um, and then Obi-Wan's like, oh, uh, Senator Amidala said you might need some help with uh, training to hone your blaster skills. And he's like, you're going to train me? And, and Obi-Wan's like, yeah, we're going to train you. And he's like, oh, Misa, fire or something. I can't remember what he says. <laughs> he says something stupid. And like as he's saying that, Rex is getting pulled by on a stretcher. <laughs> and Rex just deadpan looks at Obi-Wan and goes, I am not training him. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! Thank God, I, dude. I think that's, that, and then roll credits. I think that's the best ending we've gotten so far in but any episode. That would have been a perfect roll credit moment, but we did get an Anakin scene with Ahsoka. She's still very sick. Oh, that's right. That Damn it. So he, he finally goes, and now that Padme's taken care of, he's going to go talk to his Padawan. Um, Anakin compliments Ahsoka, and She's like, oh, it's all thanks to your training. He's like, yeah, I suppose it is. And he's like acting very pompous, clearly, uh, clearly like intentionally being over the top and being sarcastic about it. But it's like, no, I think you actually believe the shit you're saying right now. Um, and, you know, she's like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. And it's just the typical snip stuff in the back and forth. And then the ep- they, you know, they take her away to get healed up and the episode ends. That's the episode. So there we go. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. So what do we got on IMDb for this one? So IMDb is giving this one a seven. So slight uptick from last week. Slight uptick. Okay. Um, But still lower, still lower from that, like that stellar run we had still lower than all of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Well, it's definitely better than last week. Um. In fact, I didn't even think it was that bad of an episode. There are just certain things in there that That's the are... thing that kept driving me crazy was, like, it was almost a good episode. But it really just could have been. You, when you thought it was, like, going to be good, that's when, like, Jar Jar would come in or, like, something stupid would happen. And, like, yeah. it just would, like... There were so many ups and downs that it took you on. Or even just like with the angels and that really stuck in my craw, like you're using these really cool looking like new species and then that's the end of it. It's just there's nothing. Did at, at, at any point before you looked it up or did you look it up like right away? I'm wondering. Did well, you... I looked it up right away with the purpose of I like when they introduced these characters, I was like, oh, this is clearly looking like a three episode arc now. That's what I was wondering. It's like if you were getting it's like you introduced this brand point. new you just introduced this brand new species who looks really important, by the way. They're extremely regal, this angel, you know? And so it's kind of like, oh, I think this is going to be a three-story arc. So why I looked it up was because the one time I got really pissed and jumped the gun about um, from Shadow of Malevolence to Destroy Malevolence. Remember that? Yep. I got really pissed because, like, how the fuck it? How are they not destroying the ship? Blah, blah, blah. And I got all pissed. Because I didn't realize it was an arc. And then like two minutes later, like next week we have Destroy Malevolence. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, it's an arc. Okay, that's why I don't know what happened to that ship yet. So I looked it up just so if I was going to bitch about this, I wanted to be sure. (laughs) I wanted to be sure that I had good reason to bitch about it. And I do. And my 
my worst assumption about it came true, and they just don't ever reference them or show them again. Maybe they reference them, but I don't think they actually reference them because Wikipedia would say, oh, they're referencing I this can't, episode. I can't remember. Yeah, so it just Maybe pisses me off. Don't know. I mean, that st- stuff like that just pisses me off. And it's like you introduce these cool characters. You focus an entire episode around this J-Bo kid. You never bring him back. You have this awesome Quarren dude who's just fucking insane. I'm pretty sure we'll never see him again. So it's just like you get all this shit and it's just standalone and it's isolated to this. And it's like a seven season show deserves better than that. When you introduce characters like this, like give me more of these characters. So I I wanted to look it up before I bitched about it. But it's stuff like that that bothered me about this episode. It's just like there's it's like an incomplete. It's like they just, you know, they had some good stuff there and then it was incomplete. And then they also threw some stuff in that was just dumb. Like yeah. the Jar Jar stuff. Like, we don't even need this scene. We don't need it. Although the Rex line almost made up for it. Um, <laughs> that was, so, yeah. That was the best payoff. But so it was it, it was an enjoyable episode. And it's much better than some of the turds that we've had to watch recently. Um, I'm going to give it a five. I'll give it a five. Right okay. down the middle. I'm pretty close. I just did because last week I gave a four. I do think it was better than last week. I I could justify a five, but I just gave it a four point five. I I just I don't know. I it, there's some good yeah. stuff in it, but you yeah, you could, you, you you could push me at. that way to a four point five too. Like I could have been convinced of no, that. No, I think I'll, we're I'll, pretty I'll much. Gen- we got I'll the same. Little, yeah. We got the same opinion on the episode. Yeah, it, it was down to about a four to a five for me. So. I was, you know, it didn't make me want to pull my hair out like some of the other episodes have recently, though. So, yes, that's you know, very true. It's it's at least gave us some bright spots. To I feel like towards to. the end of season one, like the episodes are starting to get like this, where like towards the beginning, there were like good episodes and bad episodes. But now we're starting to get like kind of an amalgamation of like. This is like a 70% good episode and a 30% bad episode. Like they're kind of trying to like, they're finding their footing a little bit. I don't know. I agree. It's interesting. We'll see what season two holds pretty soon. Always look on the light side of life. All right. Light side moment of the week. Um... You know, Rex's little line was really good. That was um, phenomenal. But um, my light side moment of the week was just Obi-Wan's general demeanor towards Anakin. <laughs> you can just tell he's very frustrated with him in this situation and how he's handling things. And honestly, if he was still a Padawan, I would be like, okay. It makes sense. He's learning still, and you know Obi Wan's going to need to reprimand him here. But he is a knight now. He has yeah. passed the trials. Um, so just it's like Obi Wan's just seeing his work crumble before him, and I kind of feel for the guy. <laughs> and just he's just I don't know. Obi Wan is so patient that I'm going to give him a full on light side of the week, and I'm also going to give him one of these quick. I don't know how you do what you do. I'm so in love. Now, somewhere Ventress is smiling. Just thinking you are about Obi Wan in this situation. Your mind when those two are reunited, oh, if that ever happens. It's, oh, it's happening! 
<laughs> there is too much playful banter between them not to reunite them, and I can't wait, and I'm going to hit it hard. I don't know how you do what you do. We have not seen Ventress for a while, yeah, by the way. It's, it's been like half a season. And the last time we saw her was the uh, Luminara. Yeah. 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 Ventress she was, whooped ass in that she episode. She had a great arc in that episode. Oh, and that was the Johnny Five episode. <laughs> yes, it was. That was like the Treadwell. last great episode. That was the one we were getting really hyped. And then it's that just one was turned. solid. That was a great episode. <laughs> and when you look at it now, like, yeah, I think I gave it a seven. It's like a ten now. What are we watching? <laughs> no, compared Stuff to what we've been looking at. This is all just lukewarm piss that was forgotten to be flushed. Okay, sorry. What's your light side moment? <laughs> Uh, my lighted moment is so when uh, when Typho came up with the cure for this deadly disease, I just had a flash of like Typho moonlighting and like after he got done with his bodyguard duties, like his actual passion being in like medicine and holistic healing. And I came up with a complete side story of Typho, like fulfilling his dream with like being able to come up with this thing. So that's yes. going to be my light side moment is a completely just, fabricated story. It would be great for like a scene where you just see Typho walking the streets of Theed and gets back to his apartment. It's all just dim and <laughs> he just, he starts watering his plants and talking to him, you know, and it's just, you see like a motivational poster, like hang in there and, <laughs> Follow your dreams, you know. Like God, that would be keeps great. experimenting and studying, and yeah. finally becomes the botanist that he's always dreamed to be. You know what? We should really do one of these episodes. We should write like just a couple page fiction on some of our favorite characters and some of the dumb backstories <laughs> we've created for them. I think there are already like extensive fanfics of all of these characters, but they all somehow like devolve into some kind of like sexual fantasy. If I wrote a story, would you allow me to read it? <laughs> sure. Cool. All right. Dark side moment of the week. See, we got to stop saying week. Of the episode. That's what we're going to say. Dark side moment of the episode. Yes. Um, my dark side moment of the episode. Um... I think just Padme's general acceptance, like, oh, I have the virus now and I'm going to die. Um, <laughs> just, like, no attempt to even, like, remedy the situation with her tube and just immediately pulls off her helmet. You know? And it's just... Uh, I don't know. Well, It's it, like a guy it, taking off a gas mask um, in the middle of some mustard gas in World War One, and then just like, yeah, I'm just going to suck it in. I'm not even going to try to get my gas mask back well, on I here. Well, I mean, or if anything, this is foreshadowing to Revenge of the Sith. I mean, she wanted out of this badly because it was like <laughs> no time when after she had the twins where she was like, oh, nope, I'm, I'm checked out. Uh, I'm not even going to fight. And then even the doctor was like, oh, no, she's dying of a broken heart and she's lost the will to live. Everything's fine with her, but she's completely lost the will to live. So I think this is the first instance we're seeing of her being like, just wanting to check out from the entire thing. Yeah, I think she's ready to die. <laughs> she's just, uh, I'm in a horrible relationship with an abusive Sith Lord, um, and he's obsessed with me. I'm very scared. I just want to die. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't just rip her helmet off from the beginning of this episode. Yeah, just hoof it. Just, <laughs> just like, yeah, give me that vial, Vindy, you know. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, what's your dark side moment? So originally my dark side moment was going to be uh, just the fact that like when Anakin and Obi-Wan left, they were basically like, deuces, guys, smell you later. And just like <laughs> booked it out of there without like any kind of like help for those guys. But the thing that really drove it home for me was cutting back to the bunker and like seeing everyone almost dying. And the first thought I had was, <laughs> well, at least they're dying as free men because nobody's forcing them to wear a fucking mask. And like the fact that I can't watch this without thinking about COVID now, that's my dark side moment of the week. It's forever tainted your life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is at all. You really do look at this type of episode with a new eye now that you've like gone through a pandemic. Yep. Um, in the real world. Um, granted, like Blue Shadow is probably a little worse than COVID, but um, yeah, I agree. This is a very COVID centric episode. It, it hits home. Um, or what is the blue shadow virus even contagious or does the government of Naboo just want you to think it's contagious? Well, apparently the blue shadow virus cured the flu. <laughs> I would love it if there is an Alex Jones type on Naboo. that's <laughs> just ranting and raving about how it's not that big of a deal. It's completely awesome. made up. I think, I, I think that would be really cool. Like put him on like the hollow screen and like a Naboo bar. And just have him like absolutely freaking out about the Naboo government's handling of the blue shadow virus and how it's all false flag operation. As we're watching the rest of the start of the Clone Wars, we got to like look at the background species and try to pick one out that would like perfectly encapsulate Alex Jones. Uh, Dax. (laughs) (laughs) Dexter Jetster. (laughs) Obi-Wan. You know, that's what Anakin should do. He should quit this whole Jedi thing and just go work for Dax. As, or, like, a, as like a line cook or something. Or Obi-Wan should take Dax as his new apprentice and Anakin just take over for Dax. Can you imagine Dax getting hit with that boulder in the Gundark cave? <laughs> it would just bounce off on like a Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> Although the dude's got four arms. He can, he can wield a lightsaber pretty well with those. Oh, shit. Dax versus Grievous in a four-saber duel. Oh, boy. Now we're talking. See, this is why we should be writing for Star Wars. Lucasfilm. <laughs> Someone Hire Dave us. Filoni on the phone. Yeah, Lucasfilm needs to get us on the ringer here, and we'll get people. We're going to get people hyped. We're going to get people really hyped <laughs> with our, some of our ideas. I would actually watch a Dax-centric show if Disney wants to produce it. If there's a sitcom set in his diner, like I would, I would give that thing a chance. Yeah, I mean, you did it with WandaVision. Give us like an old-timey sitcom in Dax's diner. That'd be cool. Anyways, it's time for our Dark Horse Hero of the Week. This is a good week for Dark Horse Heroes. This is our first good week in a while where we don't have like a complete standout. Um, You know, you could say Ahsoka, but I've done Ahsoka before, and she's no longer a Dark Horse. Yes, but Ahsoka is no longer a dark horse. Ahsoka is always a hero. Um, Ahsoka rules, by the way. Um, I am going to go with the Quarren Preacher, Street Preacher. Yes! I love him. He fucking rules, dude. Like, he is committed to his bit. 
He believes in himself. He believes he has his worldview and nothing is going to sway him. This guy fucking rocks. And it's I love Phil Lamar. Him. He's completely committed to that person. Oh, yeah. Quarren Street Preacher, you are my dark horse hero of the week. For my dark horse, I went with... Oh, it's, it's a tie between two. One of which is uh, Takito, just because for, for a minute, it just made me want to name my firstborn Takito. <laughs> um, but the other, like, serious dark horse is thinking about R2 and just how fucked they would have been if they wouldn't have brought R2 with them in oh, how yeah. R2 Done saved for. the day once again. But because I've already picked R2 multiple times, I think, I'm going with Takito for the dark horse hero of the episode. All right, Takito. I can get down with that. Um, I watched Phantom Menace last night. and R2, oh, you did? Yeah, I did. R2 is... Probably the most important character in the entire Star Wars. rules. <laughs> when they just when they have to escape Naboo and they lose that power coupling, and R two braves it with those other um, R two units, <laughs> and they all and get, get shot except for him. <laughs> like R two is just a man of destiny. He's just he, R two is probably like he's one of the, the best glue. memes I've seen <laughs> in the past couple of weeks was like. A uh, couple of like shots of the trench run from A New Hope, Invader saying like "I have you now," and R two being like Anakin, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and they're just getting God. blown up. Uh, we they still never properly explain the whole droid stuff to me and how Obi Wan uh, does not recognize R two. But that's neither here nor there. It's okay. not for this week. I don't think there, we don't have the answers for it. Nobody does. It is the greatest mystery in the Star Wars universe is how Obi-Wan's like, oh, who the fuck is this? You know, like, <laughs> um, yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Tagline time. What do we got? So this week's was a single chance is a galaxy of hope. And you had a very lengthy, lengthy prediction from last week. You said that you thought this episode was going to involve... People being in really dire straits with the situation, and there is one possible solution, and that is all the hope they need to pull through. And then you went on to say, Anakin and Ahsoka are going to be in a sticky situation. It's looking very grim for them, but there is a glimmer of hope in one possibility, and they go for it. Did you do a I full guess, transcription of what I said? I guess, whatever, if that makes any sense. Who cares? Um, I actually think that I could make the argument that I was pretty spot on here. Oh, yeah. I'll give it to you. Yeah, I mean, they weren't together, but they were in dire straits in different places for the same reason. I'd call it a sticky situation. Oh, Except yeah, Anakin stick. didn't give a shit about what happened to Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, just a reminder before we get out of here. Uh, Anakin sucks. Okay. Uh, what do we got next week? <laughs> next week's is... It is a rough road that leads to the heights of greatness. A rough road that leads to the heights of greatness. Uh, I'm going with an Ahsoka-centric episode. Um, Ahsoka's going to be having a hard time uh, dealing with some of her training and coping with some of the emotions that she has to keep in check. 
Um, but she'll come through on top, out on top at the end of the episode, and we'll be a better Jedi Padawan for it. I feel like this All is right. going to be the same thing every week. It's going to be me being like, Ahsoka's having a hard time, but she'll get through. Ahsoka's awesome. <laughs> yeah. They have to give us, like, something more than these. Like, there's got to be some taglines coming up where it's going to be, like, very vague, you know, and then I have to really take a shot in the dark. I feel like every single one, they're either, like, spot on or they are completely vague. Yeah, it really is. Like, it's completely vague to the point where you could never guess it. There's not a whole or lot Or it's just, right. like... Yeah, like, the only thing that I'm going to get wrong is, like, the character or something, you know? So, that is what it is. Um, but, yeah, okay, and what's the name of next week's episode? Sorry, I didn't catch that if you said it. Next week's episode is going to be Storm Over Ryloth, Season 1, Episode 19. Ooh, so we're going to get some uh, Twi'leks. We are going back to Ryloth. Hell yeah, I wonder if we'll get Senator Orm, or whatever the fuck his name is, that big fat guy. Oh, yeah. He's in the book. (laughs) (laughs) They're all in the book! Um, All right, well, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at clonecastpod at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter or Instagram at clonecastpod. Um, Adam, you got anything else? Tom, I think that's it. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next episode for Storm Over Ryloth. And until then, may the taquito be with you. And I'm going to play Kelly Clarkson because I didn't get to do my fun time warp. Fun's day.